pace yourself, not race yourself to sustain yourself. You can see the camaraderie here. You can hear the love and you can hear all of the connection. You can hear why we are a tribe and you can see the relatability and how we help each other, hold each other accountable and how we're gonna help each other grow and how we also hold space and love for one another. I was diagnosed in fifth and sixth grade with attention deficit disorder or hyperactivity. I had a lot of trouble. I was struggling in school. I had a hard time focusing. I was the one that was always going to the principal's office. My parents had put me on Ritalin when I was a kid. I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'm just supposed to do this. Like, this is going to help me be good. This is going to help me focus. Fast forward to junior high, like seventh and eighth grade, I just started rebelling against the system and saying, you know what? I'm not taking this medicine no more. It would have me feel like I was on dope. I'll be like falling asleep in class and then I'll get in trouble for falling asleep in class, you know? So I stopped taking that crap. And at 13, I decided, you know what? I'm out of here. Like I'm a rebel. I'm an eighties kid. I love hip hop. You know, I like bad brains. I like punk rock and shit. Like, okay, I'm going to be a rebel when I left home at 13. And when I left home at 13, I, by the guidance of the ancestors and the great spirit, you know, whatever you want to call God or goddess, I was able to really find myself. I traveled the country. I learned about, you know, living on the land, hoofing it being a vagabond, went on Grateful Dead tour, hopped freight trains, squatted in New York City, squatted in Atlanta, squatted in New Orleans. I've been everywhere. I've been to every state except Alaska. And then I settled in New Orleans in 1997 through 1999. And then I decided, you know what? My mom and I had been communicating. And this is interesting. I should write a book about it. But um, my mom and I were communicating and she was like, you know, you've always been really good with your hands. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Like everywhere I go, I'll be massaging people and I'll be putting hands on people. And they be like, wow, your hands are always warm. you got this like great energy. You should be a masseuse. Cause that's what you called it back in the day. Right. So I called my mom in like 99 and I was in new Orleans and I was like, you know what? I'm ready to come back to LA. Like, I, I think I want to go to school. I want to, you know, take my GED. Cause I never went to high school. Last grade I ever finished was eighth grade. So I moved back to California, enrolled in a community college for a couple years, ended up transferring over to Cal State Long Beach. Didn't actually finish getting my degree, but concurrently with that, I ended up going to a school for holistic health and massage, and I got a thousand hours certification in that. So the point I'm making with all this is that throughout all those years, I could never really understand why I had such a hard time focusing. Like, I would have all these great ideas, whether it was music, whether it was art, whether it was dancing, because I could do it all. You know, right, like exactly. when I moved to L.A., I got really deep into the entertainment industry. I started doing background dancing. I was a dancer in college. I had a dance agent. I was doing background vocals for artists. And I would always have this problem. And I felt like, why am I always nervous? Like, why can't I hone in? on this exact thing that I want to do when I can do it all, I don't know how to focus on it. Right. I'm either hyper-focused and I'm going really hard or I'm flaking out and I'm nowhere to be found, right? Being somebody that has issues with attention and only through speaking with Manny, like really having like deep conversations, 
have I been able to like really tap in and understand that's why certain times I feel just really down, like really like stuck. And then it's like, whoop, I'll have this idea and I'll just be like, and I'll just knock out all this productivity and I'll go out and I'll shoot and I'll create like this dope imagery and stuff. And so I think for me, being part of this project, I hope to learn better ways to cope with my own shit. Like oh straight up, God. like like oh accountability God. partners, comrades, people that understand, people that are not only creative, but they're empathic and they're deeply rooted in truth and accountability to where they can say, okay, I see you, Roz. I see where you're going and I'm going to help you wheel it back and I'm going to help you focus so that we can bring the best out of each other. And that's all I'm about. I was tested last year. The particular lady that did my inquiry, I think she kind of misdiagnosed me, but she said I didn't have ADHD. When I was in third grade, a teacher had told my mom then that I should be on medication and my mom refused it. So I had to learn how to thrive and I just had to kind of work through it and make it into my superpower. As an adult, that's why when it came back around, I thought to myself, maybe I need to be tested again, not passing her test. But I know that I'm somewhat on the spectrum for sure. I do have friends and family who have had ADHD who have been diagnosed and are doing well with, you know, therapy. And some of them take medication. Some people just choose to push through it naturally. And so that is really my connection to it. I think it's like any other thing, the world where they want to give us medicine for everything and tell us that it is a fix and it's really not. So it's about getting down to the root of the problem and finding different modalities to help us heal. Because I believe being ADHD is just probably means that we're connected into something greater than ourselves, which can be, you know, other spiritual realms. And we just have downloads that other people maybe don't have. And our energy field is connected differently. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. For myself, I do have check-ins on a daily basis. I have to check in with myself. When I wake up, my practices are really important. Meditation, drinking water, you know, just staying in flow. Sometimes I need to take breaks throughout the day. As far as for my friends, I'm always a phone call away. Everyone knows that. I do a lot of the listening first and foremost, because I think of myself in all the situations I've been in, and it was really important for me to be heard. And I could only be vulnerable in front of certain energies when the energy was right. And so, you know, many of my sisters and brothers call me a spiritualist, which I very much am. And I try to just hold space for my friends. And then if I ask them, is it okay if I, you know, offer my thoughts or suggestions or what's coming up for me? So I try to hold space for us. And I try to help us learn how we can apply that filter after we have said how we're feeling. I try to find an immediate solution, right? Because we just need encouragement. We need thankfulness. We need to get back to gratitude and forward thinking. And I do that every morning in a world leadership group. And so along with my friends, when they call, I hold that same standard. I do the listening, then asking, then hopefully trying to neutralize it through love. But also if they need more help, I don't mind looking up resources or giving them numbers to places that I know could help them or connecting them to other people that I think they could be connected to. And I also think about who the person is genuinely and what their passion or their mission is. 
Because a lot of times it's really that we just need support, whether it's immediate or it's long-term, but ultimately I just pick up my phone. I reach out. I do what others won't. I do what I wish people had done for me. And that's why I'm a big encourager. I really am. I'm not going to say I don't know somebody like me, but I will say that maybe this group is a like me group, but it took a long time getting here, as you all know, to be surrounded by other encouragers, to be surrounded with people who are willing to be vulnerable and do the work and go the extra mile. But you find your love tribe, you know, and I'm grateful. But yeah, I'm just always here. I'm always available. My phone is always on. I don't turn it off. Because it's those moments at 2.30, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning when we might need to pick up the phone and really call somebody. So I just try to be here and available for anyone at any given time. And if I see anybody struggling throughout the day, I try to stop and make time and space for them. There's a really great rule that I picked up probably about two weeks ago. It's a, people are five-minute people, five-month people, or five-year people. And, you know, those five minutes can change somebody's day. If you stop and talk to a neighbor or you stop and talk to a homeless person or any person, we're all one. And so it is important that as we go in our life, you know, we might be struggling with something in the day, right? And all of a sudden we stop and we take five minutes to talk to a homeless person or whatever. And it can literally change our entire day, the way that we're thinking. We might need that person more than we know at that moment. So I try to stay open and keep my heart in a vulnerable space, a healthy vulnerable space within my healthy boundaries. Taking a problem and finding solutions is a big thing for me. So as I'm willing to open my space up, my heart open for you to express yourself fully with no condition, no judgment, I also have to hold those healthy boundaries in place so that I don't take on too much either, so that I can transmute that energy back into love. And that's the alchemy of it. So that's how I try to hold space for my friends and my family and my loved ones and strangers. Doesn't matter who you are. If we're together for whatever moment of time, I'm grateful and honored. So try to stay present as well. Do you have a, any personal connection to ADHD? I've never personally gone through the whole process of, sometimes I do feel like I have it, but I've actually never talked to a professional to get a full diagnosis for that. But plenty of my really close friends have actually gone through that whole process. So it is actually a topic that's very near and dear to me. I see the struggles that they go through sometimes the amazing things they can do in that state. So I don't want to say it's always just a negative thing, but it's something that you definitely, if you feel like it's impacting your life, whether positively or negatively, but very intensely, it is something that I usually recommend to get a full diagnosis so you know what you're working with. And how do you show up to support friends and family when they're going through things like mental illness and other struggles? I think the first step I always say is to not assume you always have the right answers. I think it's to just be a good listener first before you draw any conclusion or charge in there with like, hey, I know I have a solution. Let me fix it for you. I know sometimes we have the best intentions. I don't think it's usually ever a malicious intent to want to help a loved one. But sometimes you probably need to listen first and actually figure out what it is that they need. So that's kind of what I usually lead with. And then it's a communication. 
you have a personal connection to ADHD through yourself, your friends, or your family? You know, we're inundated with tech and information, and so we're all forced into this world of attention deficit. My sister is diagnosed as ADHD, and I'm actually living in her home right now, so having the chance to experience it, and and it's not something that's pronounced where it's like, oh, like my sister is ADHD, you know? But at the same time, we all carry our different, you'd call them burdens, I think in an unhealed format, but they're superpowers in this instance. And so... Yeah, the connection to ADHD is profound in the sense that I'm also a millennial. So it's just sort of a part of me in a, in a way. And I do think more awareness around diagnosis is important, but then also diagnosis, in my opinion, isn't the end of the journey. Like that's actually the beginning of the journey. And as it relates to identities and as it relates to healing in a you know continued format, in my story, I stopped drinking a little over four years ago, and by all definitions, I would have been considered an addict, and um, not just of alcohol. But so I identified as such early on in my healing, going to AA, speaking into, hi, I'm Beth, I'm an alcoholic, using that framework. And, um, you know, after about a year of being in the program and running through the, very, it was very supportive and helpful to me. But one day it felt completely out of alignment to say, hi, I'm Beth, I'm an alcoholic. And so that diagnosis of like, I'm an, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, that no longer served me. And it didn't help to keep on imprinting in myself, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. For some people it is, some people it's not. That's why, you know, diagnoses aren't one size fits all. It sounds almost trite at this point. I think because we all work in creative spaces, we hear so often, what's the story? What's the story? To the point of where it feels like story fatigue, like, okay, we're going to go through this again. And then on the positive side of all of that and what makes it so magical and important, I had this observation when I was in an Uber recently. I just got back from South by Southwest and I was just so enamored with the fact that everyone that I spoke to who was somebody new, we always, always no matter whether we were from the United States or Africa or Australia, it was, you know, where are you from? What's the weather like? And uh, like, what do you do? And it kind of just opened my eyes and my heart in a really incredible way because it seemed so obvious, so mundane every day, but it's like, we're all just trying to figure out what the heck we're doing here. <laughs> like, how did we get here? Why are we all humaning here? Like, why do I cry at certain things? And why does what I cry about different than what Manny cries about. But when he cries, like I'm automatically more sad. What is this connective tissue that we all have? And I'm really looking forward to hearing people's stories and finding out what that connective tissue feels like in these new formats. Because every time you connect like that, it's like the warm and fuzzies. I can't explain it. It's just, it's what we're up to here. So I'm excited to enjoy that feeling. And like I said earlier, creativity, I think is just the greatest solution to the world's greatest problems. So, you know, Manny taking, because he and I got close during a time when he was in it and I was in it at the end of last year. And I think just every time that I've spoken to him this year, he's like, all right, I got to go. I'm, I got to go talk to the therapist. Like, I mean, he's in it now in this healing part and he's bringing people together and he's using art to do it. Like he's not slowing down. He's showing that your healing can have profound impacts on the world. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that to be spotlighted. This project is a priority, right? But my team's mental health 
is my main priority. I just want that to be known. And however I show up for them, I expect them to show up that way for me. And that's how we show up for one another. We might miss deadlines. We may not make everything happen by the time that we say we wanted to do. And it's okay. It's not going to be the end of the world. We're going to always be stronger and we're going to always figure out how to pivot. Because one thing about us all, we all know how to pivot. As my grandmother said, we know how to turn shit into sugar. You know what I mean? And <laughs> that's one thing that I'm just excited to have a whole entire team that has that same mindset. So what we're going to create might cause more opportunities to be more creative. We might have to dig in the crate differently. I'm just excited. Pace yourself, not race yourself to sustain yourself.